everyone to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in Xamarin development. I am James Montemagno. And I'm Pierce Bogan. Pierce, it's been about a month or so after Bill. This is your new monthly Xamarin Podcast. Let's see if we can <laughs> keep it to a month. How's that sound? That sounds good, actually. I think that's a much better cadence. Gives us a little bit more flexibility. And then we don't make promises we can't keep for like the hundredth time. <laughs> yeah, we were doing really good. And then life happened and then build happened and then life happened. And then I traveled for a whole month. And then uh, it was a little slow. You know, it's the summer months You know, developers and myself were kind of going on a little holiday traveling around. You know, we got some new features here and there. But, you know, a little bit slower during those summer months. Oh, yeah. Yeah, real slow. I just got back from Italy, went on vacation for a week. Really good vacation because at Microsoft, you kind of have the like there's like a three month sprint from three to four months from kind of February leading up into MVP summit all the way through build. And then once you get done with build, you've kind of been like leading up to this point, honestly, (laughs) for a long time and almost like for like a few weeks there, I kind of had some burnout and stuff like that. So it's good to get a good to get a vacation in, relax, get back to work, ready to attack things. So the summer months can be a little slow, but I think like my favorite thing about them is it's a good time to reset. You kind of get to go on vacation, you know, reset what your expectations and priorities are, and then you can get back to work and you feel refreshed. And it's honestly the best feeling ever. I wish it was like Europe and I could take more vacation, but I can't. <laughs> 14 yeah. days, folks. Yeah, you got to you gotta take those holidays when, when you can and, and live it up. And I'm glad that you got out there a little refreshed and uh, ready to come back and PM PM, PM everything. Program manage the world. PM uh, it all. So, oh, well, let's do it. Let's uh, hop right let's into the news. Uh, we had some good blog posts and kind of like when we were kind of coming up with the outline, we wanted to encompass not only the new releases like that are, are coming out and doing stuff and things that we've talked about in the past, but also some interesting things happening in the world of iOS and Android themselves. I mean, you know, WWDC happened and iOS 12 is now in public preview and we just have our preview bindings that are out there now. But there's also some changes coming for iOS and Android. And the first one that I wrote a blog post on uh, earlier this month in in mid-June was how every Android developer needs to kind of get their apps ready today because Google themselves are going to be changing their policies of how they accept applications into the App Store. And this sounds very scary because I just said that in a very scary way. That makes makes (laughs) makes it sound like, oh, my goodness, like everything's going to break. But if you have an app in the app store nothing is going to change right now this moment okay what is changing specifically is around how we set our target sdk version now on android there are lots of different levels of apis that we can set but there are really only three important properties and two that actually get sent and what google looks at And these are in our Android manifest files. And the one is minimum and one is target Android version. So min SDK and target SDK. Minimum SDK says this is the oldest version of Android that I would like uh, my app to be installed on. So Google Play will filter out anything older than this on on the store. So you usually want to set that to... You know, you, you know, right now I would say maybe KitKat API 19 is a good one. That's about 95% of all devices. And, you know, you know, Xamarin Essentials, Xamarin Forms, all compatible with that. And even some older ones too. But that's probably the best recommendation there. But then you have Target SDK, Target Android version. So Target SDK version. And what this does, it's really interesting, is because what it does, is it specifies the version of Android that 
you're kind of optimized and intended to run on. And it's the API level that Android uses to run your app, which seems very weird. But what, what this version does is it says, hey, uh, let's say I shipped this app five years ago and I targeted version three. Well, if I'm on version six, version six will still look at the app and be like, well, hey, no, this app was really made for version three. I shouldn't try to do all these crazy new things and change how permissions work because the app doesn't know how to do it. So um, so those are really important. And what Google is changing here is that they're requiring that on August 1st, any new application be set to target version API 26 or higher. And uh, on November 1st, any app update also needs to set it to version 26 or higher. Uh, you should probably just set it to 27 because it's 8.1 and there's really no huge difference there. So the important part here is that you can set these in your property list and you must set them manually. You have to set these. Don't use any of like the pre-built compiled, use compile version or whatever. Just set it manually to the version you choose to support. So for my instance, all my applications in the in there, say min SDK 19, target 27. And what's nice here is that you'll also want to then adjust how you're compiling your version. So that those two properties are just magical versions that tell Android when it runs your app what to do or to the Google Play what to filter out your app on. But there's also a very important flag is the target framework, which is what SDK do I want to compile against um, on my machine? And you usually want the target version and compile version to match, usually. So in my instance, I set compile version to 8.1 and target version to 8.1. So 27, 27. They don't have to necessarily match. You could do, um, you know, target or compile version 7 and target 26. It wouldn't, wouldn't make much sense. But you could do lower down if you needed to, too. So for instance, if... Android 9 comes out and you compile against Android 9, you can still say, I want to target a lower version. For me, it just makes it easier just to keep them in sync, to be honest with you. And when you do that, when you adjust your compile version, the support packages, and in this document, I outline how to upgrade your SDK, how to upgrade these targets, and how to also upgrade your support packages usually go in line. So we have this target rule, which is minimum SDK should always be the lowest, target SDK version should be um, greater than the minimum SDK version. And then compile version should always be at least equal to the target version or higher. So that that's good reference. And we put that as the golden API rule in our documentation. So I will link to that. And it has a really great overview. If you're struggling with updating support libraries or understanding this, just go read this, read this thing in general. So I think that's a, a good one to maybe to maybe go through when uh, going through and updating your Android applications, because at some point this is going to uh, uh, impact all applications. So, so go take a look at that, that that article. Sweet. Sounds good. Yeah, it's always that's definitely one of those things that as someone who is mostly viewing Android through the prism of Xamarin Forms sometimes can get a little confusing. But looking at that post, it makes it a little bit simpler, in my opinion. So definitely take a look at that. Um, and James mentioned just a second ago, you know, we had build, it was amazing, a whole bunch of awesome stuff happening over there. There's videos on channel nine. You can check out, there's a recap blog post on blog.xamarin.com and David Orton now, who's our PM who works on Xamarin forms, built an amazing app that we actually showed off at the Xamarin booth at build called the conference vision app. And so kind of 
his motivations behind it was to show off a lot of the cool stuff that we announced at Build, including Xamarin.Forms 3.0. So he built this app to utilize all the great latest and greatest of Xamarin Forms, including Flex Layout, CSS, Visual State Manager. Um, he wanted it to be pretty. He's a little cognitive services action, App Center. So it was, it was a legitimately real app that he built, and we demoed at the booth. And so the idea was that you could come up, basically, um, deploy the app to your phone, and basically what it is, is you walk around and if you're at build, you know, there's a million booths, a million logos. You're like logo overload. I forget what game that what game it was, but there was some mobile game a couple years back that just like showed a logo and you see if you could get it or not. Anyways, so you would walk around and you would basically scan all these different logos and you try and collect them all and stuff like that. And so the app would use a little, little custom vision action to recognize the logos for the different products and you would unlock badges and achievements and that sort of thing. And so it's a neat little app, totally open source. Uh, it's a pretty little app. And my favorite part about it, besides just being cool, is that it showcases some of the stuff that I honestly was a little confused about in Xamarin Forms and even some things that I didn't really see the value of, to be honest, um, until I actually saw them in action. So like a few examples are Flex Layout. Flex Layout, I was like, let me do all these grids. Um, but when you have something that is kind of flowing and more dynamic, it gets really, really tricky to do that. You could do a list, but you know there's not multiple columns with the list, so then it just gets very complicated very quickly. Flex layout for like that flowing content, so things like you know like the Pinterest style layouts and things like that. Flex layout is amazing, and then also this app utilizes CSS for some styling, which I also found interesting. I actually don't come from a web background, so I was always viewing things more through the XAML lens. But it's definitely not something that if you don't want to use, you have to use, but it's really nice to have that option. And I can definitely see, even as someone who doesn't come from that web background or has really used much of CSS in the past, how useful it can be in mobile apps and styling specifically. So if you're building anything using Xamarin Forms, you're starting a new app with Xamarin Forms and you're interested in some of the new stuff in 3.0 specifically, definitely check out this. It's a great example of some of the new 3.0 stuff in action. Yeah, totally. I, I, you're right. Sometimes seeing seeing is believing and and going through and seeing it in in applications is pretty pretty rad to see. And in fact, you know, talking about putting things inside of applications, often I think about how I'm connecting to a backend for my application or consuming data. And there's a really great blog post from uh, Matthew Sukup, one of our uh, cloud developer advocates, on how to use MongoDB, so a NoSQL database to so- store like binary JSON blobs, um, in combination with uh, Azure Cosmos DB. Combine those together because Cosmos DB, you can use a bunch of different backends. So you can use SQL Azure, you can use MongoDB, you can use a bunch of different things. So he actually outlines how to use and connect your to Azure Cosmos DB to use and get basically MongoDB data. He does a little to-do list application and how to query those items and you can put anything up inside of there. It's super easy. This is what we use for our GeoContacts application, which is like a Foursquare app for, for our CDAs. And yeah, we just grab all of them. It's really easy to insert. And what's nice is that uh, you can pick your backend. So we use a DocumentDB backend, but you can use a MongoDB backend. You can use the same exact um um, SDK to query all those different things. So it's a super nice little blog post. If you come from that world, maybe have an existing MongoDB and you're like, hey, I need to put that in my app. How do I do that? Boom, here it is. So super rad. All about the cosmosis. Um, so uh, again, build releases, they're always happening. 
it's sometimes hard to keep up. Uh, we try and cover some of it on the Xamarin podcast. Unfortunately, we can't always talk about all of it. So it's always good when we have blogs up on the on the Xamarin blog, deep diving into some of the, the features in Xamarin and what exactly is happening there. So the Android designer, which I don't believe we've given many updates on recently, um, has actually been getting a lot of love. And there's some really cool stuff that's landed in the version that's currently in stable, Visual Studio 2017 version 15.7, and also in the version that's currently in preview version 15.8. So in terms of things that I'm excited about, um, there's several things in 15.7. They've completely redesigned the property panel, um, which may seem like not super like that rad. But if you're anything like me, you don't remember any of the properties. And the old property panel was kind of this weird kind of fidgety thing. It was actually built with something that wasn't uh, native to Visual Studio. And so that's why maybe it didn't always feel natural. But now we've completely rewritten it. It uses the same type experience that you're going to get with WPF or UWP. That's a theme you'll start to see on a lot of our designer um, UI layout type of stuff. We're kind of moving to adopt kind of those paradigms. So we've adopted kind of the same property panel, and you're going to see a lot of improvements there, including some around accessibility, um, because basically our entire Android designer up until recently wasn't very accessible. So really excited to see that work. Uh, in addition, like I said, we've been adopting some of the work from the WPF and UWP team. So you're going to start to see some of the benefits that come from that work, um, which I'll talk about coming into 15.8. So 15.8, which is currently in preview, there's several big ticket items, um, one of which is the split view editor. Um, so this was, I believe, a top five requested item on the Xamarin user voice for quite some time. Um, so basically what this is, is just like UWP, how you can kind of have that split view window before you go, we had that tab. You always had to wait for the designer to load before you could switch to the source tab. If you're a source person, you couldn't really get rid of the other thing. You couldn't see both side by side. So now you can actually do the exact same flow that you would have in, in UWP where you can get that designer surface, that toolbox, and the actual AXML editor surface side by side. And of course, if you make updates to any one of them, whether it's the designer surface, the editor surface, or the property panel, the actual rendering that you see in the designer is going to update. So really excited about that because it was a top requested item. But honestly, for me, I've always been uh, more of like, I'm going to edit that. I'm going to edit the XAMLs. I'm going to edit the AXMLs just like straight up. Um, less of a visual designer type of person. And so for those for those folks, we've also put some love into the source editor experience. And we've basically completely rewritten the editor IntelliSense for AXML. So you should see much improved um, reliability for the AXML engine in Visual Studio. And we've also extended it in addition to making it just much better uh, to include things like if you have a color that you're referencing for a background for something, we'll actually render that color like when you hover over um, when you hover over that text in the editor. So there's a lot of really cool, like small improvements like that. And then just some things that you're just like, that's just nice. Like, um, you can now include sample data as part of your Android designer experience. So that's always been one of my things against designers is, you know, you don't have that sample data in there. It's really hard to see exactly what your layout's going to look like when you have all this data that's actually populating things and not just, you know, views that you see. Um, and so as of 15.8, currently in preview, you can reference kind of some preset data sources that are provided by Google, like names, cities, uh, that sort of thing. But coming in a future release, you're actually going to be able to specify your own sample data, which is really cool. And then kind of looking forward for the Android designer, what's next on our radar after 
kind of what's in preview now and what, what I talked about for 15.7. So the navigation editor, which is kind of like a storyboard style designer for Android. So you can see the entire flow of your application. That's going to be coming to the Android designer. A lot of people have asked me about uh, constraint layout editing. So that's going to be coming to the Android designer. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff around performance, bug fixes, and other tweaks um, that will be coming in future releases. Of course, if there's anything you'd like to see, if you're like, this one feature would make my life 99 times better working with the Android designer or anything really in our entire product, of course, let us know. But really excited to see all these updates. I think it's going to make building out Android layouts much, much easier. Yeah, super cool. I mean, we had some also updates to the iOS designer not too long ago with the auto sizing and all the nice little tweaks here and there. So it's good to see, you know, the just kind of some of the things that developers have been asking for um, when using this. So even if you're using Xamarin Forms, or you might need to drop down here and there to create a screen here or there or something. Uh, it's kind of nice just to kind of have that heads up view uh, of data. So really, really cool. There's a lot of other little tweaks here and there coming coming up and helping developers build their application a little bit faster. Has some really cool blog posts on um, how to set like version numbers inside of your MS build scripts. And Dan Siegel uh, had a good post on his mobile build tools. If you're using continuous integration, uh, you can easily kind of use his tool to set some information inside of your GitHub project or source control and then update things automatically. I mean, what I'm really excited for, of course, that I really want to get to is the latest and greatest. And I don't know how much I guess we talked about maybe on the last podcast, but we can talk about it more since it's been a while is our release of uh, first and second and third preview of Xamarin Essentials, which has been my passion project that I've been uh, the PM of for the uh, last few months, for several, several months now. And what Xamarin Essentials does, we've had a few blog posts and we've had three releases just this week. 0.8.0 preview came out to NuGet. And what Xamarin Essentials does is it brings together all of uh, or a way for any developer building an app with Xamarin, no matter how you're building it, if it's just an iOS app, just an Android app, Xamarin Forms app, doesn't matter, to easily access cross-platform native APIs. You know, Pears and I have been building apps for a long time, and we need to access those native capabilities. That's why Xamarin's so awesome, right? You can access anything inside of C Sharp, but you got to go write a bunch of code for iOS and Android and Windows, you know, three times to get access to the keychain, for instance. And you got to go learn three different APIs. So really, the goal here is to make it way easier for developers to use these native APIs of the platforms. So they have one way of using these native APIs instead of three ways or four ways or five ways or 100 different ways of maintaining code in their app. So it brings together over 30 APIs into a single cross-platform library. That's super optimized and linker safe. So if you only use one API, all the other stuff will get removed from your app. Don't worry. In fact, it'll probably make your app faster and smaller because it'll have less assemblies and, and less overhead because it's linker safe. It's super highly optimized. Uh, and I'm already seeing great benefits in my applications, just faster boot times and smaller assembly sizes of APKs that I'm shipping to the stores. So it brings all of these together into one thing. It's well-documented on docs.microsoft.com as API documentation. It's open source on GitHub. We'll put all the links in the show notes. And we added some awesome new features in uh, 7.0 and 6.0. I think the last podcast. Piers, do you remember if we had it out the last podcast? Yeah, we did. We okay. talked a little bit about it. I don't think it was 7. or I think we were still on version 0.5 or something like that. Got it. So we added uh, some new things. 
We added an orientation sensor, which is X, Y, W, X, Y, Z, like a whole bunch of things. We added uh, some new APIs to preferences to add and set date time. We made it easier to control calibrating uh, the compass uh, heading calculation on iOS. We added a new uh, API called plat- or, uh, main thread, which allows you to begin an invocation on main thread or to see if you're on the main thread currently. We also added a new way of opening settings, and we added a few new properties to remove or remove all um, items from your keychain, which is really cool. So that's pretty rad. Uh, then a few little bug fixes and things here and there and optimizations uh, for tracking state and things like that, which is cool. And those are available today right on NuGet. So you can install those. I've updated my Compass application, my GeoContacts application, and I'm updating the conference application to use all this. So a lot of cool things uh, going on in the world of Xamarin Essentials. And the feedback so far has been phenomenal for people that have uh, been using it uh, there, which is really great. So uh, very happy to to see to see that kind of happen uh, in general. So that's kind of at a, at a forefront uh, of what the things that we've been working on in Xamarin Essentials, and I'm super crazy happy about it. So um, definitely go give it a look, and we'll link to the blog post of how we are documenting some of the new APIs that we're doing. So if you haven't started using it, give it a look uh, today and start uh, start it up. Sweet. Sounds awesome. And one of my favorite things is, I mean, obviously there's the cross-platform benefit, but just simplifying a lot of the APIs that you're going to get on each platform, even if I'm only building an iOS or Android application, Essential still has a place and making, you know, having to deal with all these APIs, which make literally no sense, make a lot more sense. So that's cool. And like James said, we're definitely looking for feedback on the API surface. Does it make sense? How are you using it in your app? Do you feel like things are missing? So now's the t- right time to get that feedback in. But uh, we wanted to, I think that's a, it's about time to talk about some of the stuff. We talk, started talking about essentials. Let's, uh, let's jump into some of the releases we've had recently, James. Yeah, the first one that's been out there for a little bit at least is Visual Studio 2017 version 15.7. We have a whole bunch of stuff, right? There's a whole bunch of good stuff in there. We um, redid, I mean, my favorite part is we, you, we redid the template system from the ground up for like iOS and Android. So instead of having 15,000 different options, you have one option, just an Android app, just an iOS app. And inside that dialogue, kind of like ASP.NET, um, we'll have it, it there for you, which is super cool. And you pick which ones you want instead of having all of them listed there. So we can easily add more like different styles. Like I want an Android app and this is kind of like the route that I want. You can also easily create a, uh, a XAML based one. So Xamarin forms based, just Android, just iOS app right there, which is super good. And, uh, there are there a whole bunch of other great new features in there. Like the iOS auto provisioning is inside of there. So you can just simply like go to town and log into your Apple account and use this fast lane to provision your iOS devices and apps and register everything, which is good. I have a Xamarin snack pack available for that, which is super cool. So you can take a look there. And uh, the biggest thing that I think we mentioned previously is the brand new XAML IntelliSense. And I've been pleasantly surprised. I've upgraded recently my apps to Xamarin Forms 3.0 and then Xamarin Forms 3.1. And I'm noticing just the XAML IntelliSense inside of Visual Studio 2017 is really, really good. I think it even has like a binding IntelliSense, I'm pretty sure. And... It helps me with my XMLNS namespaces and fuzzy matching, and uh, it feels it feels gr- it feels really good. So 
Uh, if you had used XAML in the past or been using XAML, you're just, it's going to, you're gonna like, whoa, look, it does this now. It does this. But it it's not like a change. It's just all enhancements, I would say, like big enhancements. Yeah. And the cool thing about it is it's really like even though we've just extended the UWP and WPF uh, editors to add support for Xamarin Forms, like the really cool thing and the, I think the reason it just feels natural and it really works is this has gotten years and years of road testing from those other communities. And so we're just extending that you know, those pleasantries to Xamarin Forms developers as well. So like all the things that you know and love from working with either WPF or UWP apps when you're in XAML, the same is going to apply here. So like James said, you get all those nice matching, you get some binding context intelligence, you even get some minimal linting. We have, you know, the light bulb suggestions and things like that. Like I know if you're anything like me, you've tried to paste in two stack layouts as the main content for your Xamarin Forms uh, page and it'll let you know and you won't get that weirdo runtime exception. So lots of really cool stuff happening in 15.7 for sure that we're really excited about. 15.8, currently in preview. I think we're at preview three right now. And the big ticket items in that are Hyper-V Android emulator. So we extended the Android emulator from Google to add support for Hyper-V as an accelerator. So you can use Intel Haxum. If you don't need to have Hyper-V enabled, if you ha need to have Hyper-V enabled, you're doing a little Docker action, doing a little HoloLens development, then you're going to have Hyper-V enabled or maybe have like an IT policy that forces it. Now you can use the Hyper-V based Android emulator as an accelerator as well. So that's really exciting. We're still looking for feedback on that for sure um, because obviously that's a huge change. We're extending Google's emulator to try and make it faster for developers on Hyper-V. And also we're building tooling into Visual Studio to work with that new Hyper-V emulator. So that's definitely an area we want to have feedback. And one question I commonly get asked is like, hey, I'm working with Haxum. It works great today. Do I need to migrate, use Hyper-V? No, you can continue to use the Intel Haxum for the hardware acceleration for the Android emulator. You just need to use whatever works best for you and your development environment. If you have to use Hyper-V, use the Hyper-V emulator. If you don't, then don't use it. It's pretty simple. Um, another pain point that if you're a Xamarin developer, you know all too well is sometimes, you know, you're, you're building out your app and you get this weird error and you're like, how did I get this error? Where is this coming from? You're like, you know what? Just going to do a clean, going to do a rebuild. Let's see what happens. Um, and sometimes that error will go away. And so what we've done this sprint and the last few sprints, so for quite some time now, is focus on um, kind of solving those problems that are fixed by either restarting the ID, clearing out your bin and OBJ directories. Th that, that class of issues, we've really taken some time looking at Xamarin Android, Xamarin Forms, Visual Studio, wherever the actual problem lies and try and clean that up. So you should start to see an improvement in 15.8 with regards to those issues. If you don't, definitely f feel free to let us know. Or if you notice maybe patterns where you're hitting these sorts of issues, please let us know as well. Um, it's certainly possible we've already fixed it, but for sure let us know. Another thing in 15.8, designers, we already mentioned the awesome stuff coming to the Android designer, uh, but we also have integrated in the Forms Previewer to have kind of that same split view feel, the Xamarin Forms Previewer. So um, when you open up a XAML file, you can do the split view where you have the Xamarin Forms Previewer and you have the, um, the text editing surface, or you can just do text editing or you can just do Previewer. Um, so you can do whatever variation you like. We've just kind of made that more, brought it to the forefront, and now it's actually integrated in properly into Visual Studio. So 
definitely looking for feedback on all of those items. And of course, as always, lots of performance work, bug fixes, that sort of thing. Um, but James, you mentioned Xamarin.Forms 3.1. Amazing. 3.0 came out at build. Already got a 3.1 package up on Nougat. What is new for developers in 3.1 for Xamarin.Forms? That's a great question. Let me go and Google Xamarin.Forms. Xamarin.Forms 3.1. 3.1. Um, I'm can, when you do that, by the way, it goes directly to the release notes for Xamarin.Forms 3.1. It's right there, people. Um, which doesn't take me to there. Release notes. All right, so 3.1. 3.1. There are some highlights. <laughs> Love highlights. Oh, this is one I knew about. There is, <laughs> uh, I didn't know about this one. I saw that, I saw a, like, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So the the release notes are great. We'll link to this. But my the biggest addition is that there is a uh, platform specific for Android for tab, the tab page where you can put the toolbar on the bottom. Which is nice. And Very you can nice. say toolbar placement bottom. Uh, and that will align to, to other applications. So that's actually a really nice addition. I haven't tested it out yet to see if it you know how it is, is working, but I'm, I'm pretty um uh, pretty uh, excited about that because it's a feature request for a while. And really the tab page on iOS and Android and Windows, like they all should be very pretty similar, you know, and, and on Android there's two options and that's the only one there are there's two options. So it's a nice to have that option there, especially for developers that are looking to um, streamline and make their applications look more similar across the different devices. There are some optimizations for iOS maps specifically and pin rendering and some ties in optimizations. And then just a bunch of little, you know, uh, bug fixes here and there. So there is a feature at least. So that's why there are some new features, but the rest are all just little enhancements and workflows um, between all of them. So you see some things like drop shadow support on different devices for, um, I think, the frame and, and, and a bunch of little things uh, here and there um, uh, for uh, for different items. So you can easily kind of go through and, and take a look here at all the enhancements. Like there's a is spell check enabled for editor and, and, and entry. And there's you can hide the scroll view scroll bars. Uh, you can um control over text prediction on an entry you can do auto capitalization you can um make a color on the side there's a lot of that uh, work that went into the f100 projects a lot of new more of the community things going on here too so that's really really nice and i will say also by upgrading to the latest version of visual studio and 3.1 and all this stuff I found some bugs in my XAML source code with this new linter thing that you were talking about. I was updating the Evolve application, and I realized that I had named my page, so x colon name, the same name as the page, which is a big no-no because if my name or my, my class name is, you know, about page, but then I name the element about page, then there'd be a conflict there. So it actually gave me a great error a great error message that said hey you, you can't do this so go do that so it was really cool actually it was pretty pretty rad so uh definitely give a look on that 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 the 3.1's been cooking for about a month and a half or so and I've, I've updated all my stuff there so definitely give it a peek how did i do did i get everything i think i got everything i think you got everything yeah i mean it's all like you said f100 if you don't know what that is it's kind of a community effort what custom renders are you writing? Uh, what are those paper cuts that you feel um, that you have to write for your applications, even if they're small, like some of these auto capitalization, things like that? And it's really awesome. The community stepped up. We have 16 community contributed uh, enhancements in this release from that 
from that bucket of issues. So that's really exciting to see. It's awesome to see those start to land in Xamarin Forms. And definitely, I know there's some more that are in the works, and even there's some proposals up on the Xamarin Forms uh, GitHub uh, for some other ones. I know there was a collection view proposal that was posted recently that they're looking for feedback on, uh, which has a lot of improvements uh, on the list view, which people were had some complaints about, especially around performance. So there's a lot of proposals that really need attention, even if it's just, hey, I'm going to go peek, take a look at this GitHub and uh, see if this would make my life better as a developer. If so, let us know. If not, that's also good feedback because then you don't waste time building things that people don't want. So either way, go check out the Xamarin.Forms GitHub for all that stuff. It's amazing. It's open source. Amazing. And speaking of amazing, James, it's time. It's time. It is time. It is time. I'm ready. What, what time is it? It is time for the package and or tool of the podcast yeah we need to streamline that name that name we need to get like some actual like imaging <laughs> mm-hmm. so that it's like oh the package a tool of the podcast and it's we can't do package because i don't always have a nuget package like this week i have is it a is it i don't really know it's a tool but it's an, it's an extension package tool extension the podcast boom mm. all right you go first my pick obviously pick it a week pick it a podcast Pick of the podcast. Maybe that's what it would be called. Pick of the Pick podcast. Of the pod. Pick pod. Is Xamarin Essentials because it's amazing and everyone needs to use it. And I talked about it a lot and I really want to promote it even more heavily so uh, we can get more people getting their, their eyes on it, their codes in it, and giving some feedback on it. And I've, I've, replacing all my, all my other stuff um, in my apps with Essentials, and I've been really, really happy with the results. So that's my pick of the podcast because it's awesome, and it'll be very, very essential to every single application that's out there. So how about you, Pierce? As I mentioned, an extension for Visual Studio for Mac. So the Prism team, and specifically Dan Siegel, has been doing a great job. He's been building an extension basically for Visual Studio for Mac, it's a template pack, but it's really kind of a dis- disservice to call it that because it does so much more than that. You can integrate in with App Center easily. You, you know, you paste in your tokens. You can do stuff with App Center. You can spin up an app. Uh, when you actually create your mobile app, you can go ahead and add App Center, Crash Analytics, that sort of thing to it. So if you're using Prism, definitely worth taking a look at this in Visual Studio for Mac. I've actually been taking a pretty strong look at all the different MVVM frameworks that you can use with Forms, lots of amazing options, um, and Prism is one of my favorites. And so if you're using Prism, using Visual Studio for Mac, you need the template pack. So that's my package or tool or extension of the pack. Pick of the pod. Of the pod. pod. Pick of the pod. All right, well, I think that's going to do it. Pierce, we did it. We finally did it. Yep. So now I get, now do we do we promise we're going to do one in two weeks or just say next month? And next if month. we manage to produce one between then, it's the prize. Yeah, it's a good end of the month recap highlight show. We'll, we'll see how it goes. You can find us. We'll every, see how it goes. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. You can find us everywhere on the Internet. Uh, head over to what is it? Xamarinpodcast.com. Is that it? Is that the website? Um, yeah, Xamarinpodcast.com. Xamarinpodcast.com. There it is. You can follow us on Twitter at Xamarin Podcast. And you can follow me at James Montemagno, at Pierce Bogan on the Twitter sphere. And that's going to do it, Pierce. Have a great, lovely weekend. You too, dude. See ya. Peace.